at the same time, we want to kind of up the beer and food scene. Like, yeah. it shouldn't be something that's seen as bar, bar food. It's pub food Friday. Exactly. Welcome to Tap That AZ, the podcast that brings you the fascinating stories behind the exploding Arizona craft beer scene directly from the people who are making it happen. I'm your host, Eric Walters. In this episode, I sit down with Dustin, Mike, and Tammy from Helio Basin Brewing Company. Dustin and Mike opened up this place and then hired Tammy on as the chef and they are doing some awesome stuff, making some great beer. The facility is awesome. Um, the brewing um, setup is right in plain view uh, behind some huge open windows. They've got indoor cornhole, um, and Tammy is just killing it in the kitchen there. So when I went, um, I left it completely up to her. I said, give me whatever you want me to eat. I don't care. Um, I don't care what it is. Um, pair it up with something that you think is going to be good. She's huge on beer pairing. So um, she gave me, I think you say it's ceviche, um, awesome seafood dish, and she paired it with a great um, citrusy IPA. Man, it was amazing. So the little issue in this episode, I uh, I ran out of memory card <laughs> partway through the conversation. I looked down at the recorder. We were just so deep in a conversation that I looked down and realized that it hadn't been recording. So luckily I had a camera with me. I switched out the, the cards and we, we continued on where we thought the recording might have stopped, but there's a chunk that's missing here. So uh, so you'll notice, uh, I'll interject when, when the time comes, but uh, this is a great interview. These guys were awesome. So um, let's tap into Helio Basin Brewing Company. Okay, so I'm at Helio Basin. You guys are on, what is it, 40th Street? Yeah, and, 40th Street and Thomas. And yeah. Thomas, okay. So I'm here with Dustin, Mike, and Tamara. Guys, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having this us. This is pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. So you guys, this started in college, right? The whole beer Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we had, a, we had a friend of ours, and we were in the same fraternity. We lived together. That's how we met, okay. uh, Dustin and myself. And... We had one of the guys in the fraternity who was a science uh, major, and he was able to finagle the college to be able to do a brewing class. And so we were able to learn in school, get credit, and that's kind of how it all started. We started doing it in our uh, kitchen and, and moved from there. That's great. So the school funded your guys' They absolutely, yeah, they beer. did. They said you, basically you had to brew once a week. We had to save enough beer for them for the uh, faculty picnic at the end of the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. nice. And yeah. uh, then they would also buy a bunch of other craft beer at the time, okay. and they would do a barbecue. We were invited, and then they would give us all the leftover beer too. Yeah. Um, but all we had to do is run uh, microbial samples in the bio department okay. um, to show that we were actually doing some sort of work. Right. And uh, <laughs> nice. they were able to fund it. And, yeah, the class actually didn't start until after after we left. Oh, it wasn't yeah. actually a class, it was just kind of the starting of it, and now oh. they actually have that as a course at the college. Gotcha, because of your guys' hard work, now they Hard work, yeah. Yeah. dedication, <laughs> yeah. That's so. tough, Yeah, that's a tough gig. Um, so, that's a, that's crazy that they funded that. Yeah. It really is, and you guys, we were talking earlier, um, where you guys went to college was only an hour away from where I lived. Right, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Pennsylvania, you guys, you're from Pennsylvania? Um, I'm from Western New York, and Mike's from Yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But gotcha. we ended up, that little small town north of Pittsburgh, Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we graduated with 300 people from that college, so it's a pretty small school. Wow, yeah, yeah. that um, is small. That's pretty cool. I, I was telling these guys that uh, my first concert was at Conneaut Lake Park. It was a cheap trick <laughs> when I was like 10 years old. Because <laughs> so, I read and I'm like, Allegheny, I know that's Pennsylvania, um, typically. I'm like, there could be an Allegheny, Iowa or something like that. And I looked, I'm like, no way, Conneaut Lake Park. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, so what brought you guys out to Arizona then? Um, after college, we basically went different directions. He went into the Marines as an officer. Um, I was doing pharmaceutical research in grad school in the okay. Midwest. And then a friend convinced me at the time to go to brewing school in Chicago. Okay. Um, we kind of always talked about it being, hey, we should always open a brewery. And it was always this long-term vision um, and drunk talk a lot right. of the time. <laughs> yeah. But, a lot of good uh, ideas come from that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I ended up, you know, over emails uh we were talking and said okay let's really do this yeah so i committed to go to brew school um and then i went uh graduated from there worked for a little brew pub in upstate new york for about two years and then at that point i got a call from the guys at four peaks oh really? um, it was about eight years ago okay and they offered me a position to come out here they were growing from a 20 barrel system to a 40. Okay. a street was the only location um so i met with them actually in chicago uh, I had never been to Arizona before. Okay. To me, I was just envisioned desert and cactus, <laughs> right. and you know, I'd flown Some over on the way to California. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I was like, okay, yeah, this is really cool. The guys were great. Um, so I flew out here to actually meet them and see the place, and it was kind of an instantaneous click with the area. His sister was living out here yeah. in Chandler at the time, so okay. I actually stayed with her when I was out visiting these guys. Nice. Um, and I ended up taking the job. I was there for three years, kind of while they grew uh, pretty significantly, and then. Um, I ended up leaving. He ended up getting out of the Marines and moving to Arizona. Okay. Right at the same time. I think it was the last year I was here. Yeah, exactly. So kind of crossing paths, um, I realized that within about probably two years in the Marines, like I either wanted to do 20 years or four years, and I didn't want to do anywhere in between. Okay. So kind of recognized that the four-year mark was going to be my time to get out. And all right, so as we're just, you know, Skyping over, like, conversation, because I was stationed in Okinawa, Japan, okay. you know, what's the next step that we need to do? I thought about maybe going to Siebel or something like that. And he was like, look, I, you know, I have the brewing side. We need, we need the business side. We need that. So, yeah. uh, I was living with, uh, another Marine of mine. He went to Arizona state undergrad. Okay. So I heard all the stories of Arizona state undergrad <laughs> while I was in <laughs> Japan. How academic it is. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. No partying yeah. at all. No, and it no. was, yeah, it just sounded like a really good fit. My sister was living out here. Um, and their grad school, their uh, MBA program's top 25. I think it's top 20 now. Yeah. But so it was pretty well, a very well respected school. So kind of everything led me to apply there. Uh, did my interview over Skype and it went well. So it was a really good scenario. And uh, actually, kind of going back, my sister who lives out here, she's very forward thinking. Okay. And so she knew that if Dustin took the job at Four Peaks, that I would most likely move out here. Um, and so what she did is he was in what he was in Western New York, you know, very small town. Okay. Uh, she gave him the tree, like old town Scottsdale mill oh, yeah. Avenue. And for, I think you were what, 24, 25 at the time or something like that yeah, to be transported into 
that, you know, just the craziness and awesomeness that is that area, right. you know, as opposed to, yeah, I think, you know, a I small think we town. got off the plane and we went right to the, the salsa festival. Oh, nice. And I was like, what? It was, that was your Mar first experience. Yeah. yeah. And I'm oh, like, man. what is happening? This is, it's and you sunny. said March. It was March. Oh, it might have been yeah. February actually. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it just was Either like, way. it was snowing when I left and I landed and it was 85 degrees. And I was like, this is, is this yeah. always like this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes. she, so she, yeah, she, she helped kind of lay that path to really make Arizona be everything that, you know, it's not just desert, that sort of thing, all the fun things. So yeah. kind of helped. I think he would have taken the job regardless, but yeah. you know, it doesn't yeah. hurt when you're getting shown all the really cool parts of town. <laughs> right. so. And after starting, yeah. you know, once I started here uh, with them, um, we just fell in love with the state too. I took yeah. every opportunity, you know, they always joked around with me because a lot of those guys that, you know, are born and raised in Arizona, but I took every opportunity every weekend. I was always on the motorcycle or hiking and okay. I explored every corner of the state. Yeah. And you know, it was just how diverse it is, is what's so beautiful about it. So right. it was, you know, immediate, I was just blown away. Every time I would go Northeast or North or even down like South and Southeast, it's just, you hit all these different, you know, landscapes, you know, and yeah. it's just, all in the same state and all within a couple hours so that was just one of those things where it's like how can you not love a state that's just so you know like full of diversity yeah you know? and you have all these opportunities to be outside and then that i think like, i always remember initially the thought of how what i considered the desert landscape to be ugly i guess uh -huh. and then you know learning more about it the more that i hiked it the more that i learned about it because you just got that passion to want to learn about it and then right. i remember learning that the saguaros you know and it takes them 75 years before they sprout that first arm and from that point on like i think they're the most beautiful part of the desert you know you see them everywhere and it's like this plant has figured out how to thrive in this harsh environment that is so cool and my vision of Arizona has never been the same since. It's just, yeah. this is such a beautiful state, you know, even, you know, down here in the desert because they're surviving in the harshest place, you know? Right. It's, there's a, there's a real beauty in that. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Cause I, I love them too. They're huge. Yeah. And you're like, Oh my, like you, you look at them from far away and you're like, wow, that's pretty amazing. Then you get up close, you're like, holy shit. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that was just kind of the, that was what, when we kind of fell in love with the state. I ended up yeah. going back to New York. Okay. Um, took a job. I was the brewmaster for Southern Tier. Okay. For about, yeah. it was supposed to be like a two year thing that we were talking about, but eventually I was there for f four years before we moved back to, to start this. Yeah. And this whole time you guys had the, the mind, the, the, that was your plan? The yeah. Hundred percent. So, okay. I mean, when I got out of the Marines and went to uh, get my MBA, that was, that was a hundred percent to open a brewery. So okay. I yeah. mean, day one uh, orientation, that's what I announced that I was going to do. That's why I was here. So I was purposely taking classes for that. Even when I was taking classes that, you know, I had to take, I would always spin whatever they were teaching to like a small business <laughs> right. in my mind, at least because yeah. they're talking, you know, we're doing supply chain. We're talking Amazon level, you know, how do you go yeah. global with, and I was like, I don't need that. Let me take like this tiny slither of information that right. can actually. Hypothetically, if you were opening a brewery. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did that all the time. Right. Yeah. We had guest speakers and, you know, they have all this experience, but then I would tie it back into either brewing, small business you know that sort of thing so okay. just always bringing it back to that gotcha nice so and then so this particular place like how first of all when did the name come up like when did you <laughs> yeah. the name actually was initially a different name okay so we were operating under a different name when we set everything up we got a phone call as soon as I moved back to Arizona I got a phone call uh, from a guy 
in the industry um, who's no longer with us. But he said, hey, you know, I see the name. It's a little too close. And we said, okay, let's talk about it over a beer. Yeah. Uh, my sister did the logo for us. So we had this okay. logo. We wanted it to essentially be like a city emblem because our whole kind of thought process is community. Yeah. So we want people yeah. to associate our logo with community or like a, like a city feel. Right, yeah, geographical and, yeah. connection, yeah, okay. And so we had this with the barley stalks and the Phoenix and the view of the city skyline and South Mountain behind it and the name. And it's like, well, okay, we talked over beers with this guy. We said, look, let's keep the name the same you know, for a legal standpoint, because all of our documentation up to that point was under that name and it would have uh, been a real hassle to change it. He said, that's fine as long as the forward facing, just do a, doing business as something else. Okay. So we had a beer over it, everything was all good. Uh, but then we were tasked because at that point, this was probably a couple months before we thought we were gonna start construction. Okay. So it was like, oh shit, right. how do we get a name <laughs> that still fits this logo? Yeah. And of course, every time that we came up with some name, we did the uh, USPTO, the trademark search to make sure yeah. nothing else was like that. And every good idea we had was somehow tied to something else. Uh, and yeah. at that point, we're kind of gun shy about it. Yeah. So uh, after like several glasses of bourbon one night, uh, <laughs> nice. you needed some the best extra. Idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. It, you need uh, extra fuel. Like beer is not going to suffice for this. Yeah, I yeah. think it was just enough to like get your own mind out of the way for a second, yeah. and then yeah. all of a sudden it was like Helio is Greek for sun. Okay. Basin is a valley. Yeah. So you combine the two, and it's Valley of the Sun. Nice. And okay. it's completely like it. made up. So yeah. then we were able to get the trademark for it. And we knew right away, I mean, Mike called it, he's like, You're, we're always going to have to explain what that means. 100%. Right. But, Which makes it so much more interesting. Yeah, because then they hear the story. Yeah. 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 So that's where the name kind of came from, and it allowed us, you know, to keep that same image. So Yeah. And it was unique because those two words have never been combined. Right. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we got, we got pretty sharp at... Uh, for not being a professional on mm -hmm. trademark like laws and just because we're reading as much as we possibly can yeah. to try to learn about it and it was like hey why don't we do this like for instance we had helio Vallis as one of the Vallis being greek for valley okay and we can it was like oh well it's a different language it's fine well there's a sun valley in california mm -hmm. from everything that i've read and understood you can't just change the language if it's still considered you know, really? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. At, at least that's everything that I read. Now, whether that's true or not, but right. <laughs> we weren't about to like mess around point, yeah. and yeah. run forward with it and then get caught again. So right. we really wanted to choose something that was clear that there's no way we were going to have an issue with it. Especially right. nowadays, there's so many breweries that right. are opening up. And I mean, it even just happened locally, you know, with McFate, you yeah. know, that, yep. that kind of stuff is unfortunate, but it does happen. And when you get a saturation point with breweries and everyone's trying to be creative with names, whether it's a beer name or right. the brewery name, you just, you have to be careful. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I like it. I like it. I like yeah. the story, the connection. It's two languages, right? Yep. Well, Basin was what again? Basin's just English for a valley. Oh, yeah. Valley. <laughs> it's like, what is that language? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> so um, the place, was this your original, was this your original location? You yeah. You wanted to go with? No. No. <laughs> well, like, yeah, Tara was like, no. No, there's a place over on 44th Street by Costco. It's oh, that is giant true. That mechanics, is, yeah. that giant was. mechanic spot is like a prime location, but the EPA would have had to go and gut everything out. Oh. That's why it's still for a lease right now. So gotcha. it was an old Sears, yeah, it was an old Sears Auto Center. So they had the bays for doing all the this? all the work. No, no, oh, I'm the sorry, other place, the other location. Place. Okay, yeah, it's over on yeah 44th Street and okay. uh, Thomas. Yeah. and yeah, it was just, it's a standalone building between the plaza and the Costco and okay. tons of parking and garage doors and everything. But yeah. we went and looked at it, and yeah, the EPA. I mean, they would have had to do a soil sample. Oh yeah, and so that added cost and unknown was in there, and we're like, 
wow, we don't want to get caught up in that. And right. it's yeah. literally still to date, nobody's touched it because of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I heard it might have been yeah. an old uh, gas station. So they might even have gas tanks underneath mm. the building yeah. in and of itself is just going to be a no-go. You don't no -go. want to mess with that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's actually where they sell uh, Christmas trees in the in the wintertime. You see that plaza, they, some oh, guy yeah. leases it out, okay. he puts his RV there, and they sell Christmas trees. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so this was location number two? Yeah, well, he's yeah, when he first saw it, he Yeah, yeah, it was... So I had checked out probably about 20 or 25 different places. I met mm -hmm. a, a realtor through... Actually, my MBA program through, like, a networking event. Okay. And he was born and raised in the Valley. Um, so he knew the areas, had seen the ups and downs. He's been doing real estate, I think, in, since the 70s in, in Phoenix specifically. So we kind of went all over the valley just checking out different areas because last thing we wanted to do was just focus in on one area and just ignore everything else. So we right. were open to a lot of different areas, but we knew that we we had the general gist that we needed high ceilings. We wanted to be more in a commercial area, not necessarily an industrial area. Okay. We wanted to obviously wanted to do brew pubs, so yeah. we needed to at least be somewhere close to where people live, not okay. just and also try not to have a million competition all around us, you mm -hmm. know? So you just kind of build a map of where every brewery is or like very similar beer bar is in the valley and you start knocking out areas like, no, we don't want to be there, you know, we so don't want to be there. So many people are already there. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah. we were open to a lot of areas, but yeah, when I found this place, or I didn't find it, my realtor found mm -hmm. it. We walked around and I was like, man, this is ticking off every box. It just has a really good vibe. Um, and I, I don't know if I FaceTimed you like right away, but I think we came back like the next day or two and I was like, you got to fly out and check this place out. Cause well, he's leaving out one of the, well, like one of the main <laughs> points, <laughs> a, a big part of that story. Okay. Because <laughs> I was still in New York at the time. Yeah. And he calls me up and he's on the phone with me while he must have been driving down this side of the street. Yeah. And this building, it was the old Clicks Billiards, it's been vacant for eight years. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, you know, it was a little dilapidated to say the least. Yeah. And as he's driving up, he's like, wait a minute, hold on. It must, I think it was raining oh, that yeah. day out here. Okay. And he's like, hold on. He, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. on the phone, I'm like, what's going on? He's like, oh, he's like, oh, are you kidding me? He's like, oh, there's a, there's a bunch of transients that are just peeing all over the building. <laughs> and they're, because the loading dock's covered, so they're all huddled up over there just. Oh. Like Using a group of them? A, oh, yeah. Like a group, your nation? It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things, things have not changed, yeah. believe it or not. It's yeah. right. So, like, that's that, a character, though, right? Yeah, yeah, but, like, that's, like, what I'm hearing over the phone. And then, like, yeah. he's like, oh, you got to check this out. And I'm I don't, I don't know <laughs> if that makes place. sense. Did yeah. you video yeah. that? I didn't You video. could probably get in trouble for videoing that. <laughs> yeah. That was... <laughs> Yeah. That's right. I, I did. I, I skipped over that. I, somehow I just blacked out that image. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. it was. But that was kind of indicative of the area, too. You know, because yeah. part of the other thing, too, when we were looking at locations was, yeah, we were open to a bunch of different areas. Like we looked at Gilbert and Chandler and Scottsdale and whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I think, at, you know, to a certain point, um, we wanted to be central phoenix definitely because the more we kept looking you know phoenix has always been known for growing out right 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 and so it's kind of always getting this bad rap for losing its own identity okay. like phoenix proper yeah and so like that to us was more like challenge and kind of it does have its own soul and it does have its own purpose like let's try to let's try to make that you know and anchor it you know and then yeah. we're just 
two other breweries real close that have also decided to do the same thing with Renhouse and Helton right. um, that are very close. So we're, we're kind of all three trying to really, hey, Phoenix is a spot, like not just the valley, yeah. like true Phoenix, the city of, is a good spot. And then you, get, you, know, you have uh, Phoenix Ale down the road and Sun Up too. But, yep. you know, we're trying to bring that, you know, its own identity. So that was why Central Phoenix. And we're kind of on the edge of it. You know, we're close to Scottsdale, close to downtown. We're right by Arcadia. Yeah. But then this area is, you know, we see it as two to three years out. Everything is kind of trickling down from Camelback has been kind of filled. Yeah. You see Indian School over the last five years has really kind of blown up. Right. And everything's starting to come residential-wise. Arcadia's sprawl is happening down yeah. here. Uh, the new, the old Baker Nursery that was, you know, there for 40 years that got bought out and leveled. And now there's 44 houses that are $800,000 plus literally walking distance from here. Oh, nice. Okay. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it's coming and it's not here yet. So we do get those issues still. And yeah. it's, you know, when it's, it's interesting when our like landmark is, you know, the Peter Piper pizza right. or the dollar store. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's interesting and. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But this, the building, the core of it had everything, you know, like Mike's saying that we needed. We were able to get the high ceilings for the brewing area. Yeah. It was a lot bigger space than we needed, but, you know, the price was in the same, you know, aspect. And so we were able to get a good thing. And obviously the garage doors weren't there too. So we were able to blow those out. That was okay. a solid wall. Yeah. Kind of add a little bit of nice. fresh air and light in here. And Yeah. I think no one ever really says, ah, oh, we have too much room, especially with a brewery. Yeah. Yeah. When I talked to Brian Helton, like, he has his area is huge back there. Oh, yeah. But he's got this vision of, like, yep. here's where I want it to be. <laughs> yeah. I love this place because it's uh, it's almost like three places in one, right? So yep. you have the bar, mm -hmm. you have the restaurant, and then where we're sitting is kind of tap roomish. Yeah. And it's got, like, the you got the cornhole here, and you can see the brewing system, and... Yeah, I love the layout of it. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those things that's, you know, it's interesting, you know, during the season, this would all fill up, and now we're kind of, we just switched this out to the cornhole, so we took 10 tables out for the summertime. Oh, gotcha, okay. Um, and we do a lot of events down here. Yeah. Because it's kind of, like you're saying, like it's almost three separate areas, so, yeah. you know, last night there was a, was it not a bachelor party? A rehearsal dinner. Rehearsal dinner. Okay. And so you're able to get this private feel, yeah. you know, surrounded by the tanks, but you're still part of the pub, you know, right. you still get that aspect. So you feel a little, you know, special and isolated. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of fun to do that. And then, yeah, you have the bar feel and the community feel to it. Yeah. And I like the design of, of every, all the design stuff. And so my first uh, trip here, um, I came in right when you guys opened, and I think Ian, is that uh, Ian? Oh, Ian. Ian, is that it? Yep. Eon? It's okay. spelled Ian, and we give him a hard time about Eon. it, but it's Ian. Ian, he, he came up with the Bermuda tagline, yeah. right? Yeah. So first time I came in, um, I order a beer, um, and I say, like, hey, dude, where's your bathroom? He's like, it's right around there. He's like, you're going to love it. And I'm like, what the hell? What it sounded a little creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's even people sitting at the bar. They're like, they look like what? And I'm like... What, what's in there? Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm good. I don't have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I'll no, hold it. No, I didn't. Yeah, but he, and I'm like, all right. I'll use so, the loading dock like right. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so I go, and you guys have kegs. Yeah. You cut out kegs for the urinals. Yeah. How the hell did that happen? It was just uh, it was our architect that we were working with at the time. Okay. You know, we're not interior designers by any means, you know. Right. like it's So we kind of gave them some creative freedom, and we had a really good rapport with him. Um, so he kind of helped with the layout. We gave him a, here's the basic stuff that we need. So he kind of yeah. took some liberties and I think he had fun with it too. Cause he was so used to doing a lot of corporate chain stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we're just kind of like, whatever, man, 
uh, go yeah. for it and then pitch us stuff and then we'll check it out. And the first rendition, you know, we're like, oh, this is great. And then he's like, you guys, I got something. I don't know if you're going to like it, but check this out. And we're like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Like, that's amazing. So have never seen that before. That's our okay. most photographed thing in the brewery. It was our right. first Yelp pitcher. Okay. <laughs> um, and I still, to this day, it's funny because like we always see people come out of there and they immediately grab it like dude you have to go to the bathroom <laughs> ladies are jealous we don't have anything oh like you don't that. huh but nope. it's funny no. because <laughs> it, the other thing is you, I, we, our office is back there too okay so like always walking back and forth we'll see like a guy come out and like grab his wife or his date or whatever yeah. and like and he'll check the bathroom like, <laughs> like shuffle them in there and right. they're like oh they take all these pictures and stuff yeah every time yeah when we have we have tables and it, we had uh, Dustin's wife and uh, mother-in-law came in. That was where, you know, the architect was able to provide a lot of, you know, good ideas from the start. But then I just like to sit and have a beer. I don't really necessarily think as much about, like, what's around me. I just okay. enjoy that scenario. Yeah. But having people come in with that eyes, you know, so we... We grabbed his uh, wife and mother-in-law. And we're like, "Here's here's your budget. Please make the woman's bathroom." It was like twelve dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. We really splurged on that one. But we were like, How we, creative can you yeah, get? Yeah, right. we're like, because because initially we didn't have anything in there, and like people were like, seriously, like the guy's bathroom's awesome, and you did nothing for the women. So yeah. they have tables now and some pictures <laughs> and stuff. Right. And yeah. yeah, it's still not, yeah. I think we need a couch in there so you can go take a nap. Uh, <laughs> Is that really why we, you want to take a nap in the bathroom? <laughs> right. Of all the places, yeah. not back yeah, here. Right. Yeah, right. Like the bathroom, that'd be yeah. nice. Where nobody will look for me. That's true, that is true, yeah. yeah. Like, I want to go in there, but I can't. Like, legal, I'm not allowed to go in there. Yeah. yeah, we had to have a, I mean, there was a bunch of those, like little elements though. I mean, just all throughout, like Mike was saying, like, yeah. We got a lot of comments and stuff when we opened. It was like, oh, the food's amazing, the beer's great, but the, it's just so boring in there. Uh, yeah. And to us, we're like, we spent so much time and effort and capital trying to get this because it was vacant for eight years. So wall to wall, green, gross carpet, yeah. you know, the old smoke eaters <laughs> in the ceilings. We spent yeah. so much time and energy getting the inside done. Yeah. But again, to us, we're like, it's clean and nice in here and the beer and food are good. So like, why would you complain about the walls? But <laughs> we realized that people, you know, you do need to have that element. Yeah. So. It was slowly adding, like we had, uh, whatever his name, Mr. Downtown Phoenix is his uh, Instagram, but he's a local artist that did this mural for us. Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. He was awesome. Yeah. Um, kind of worked with him on that. And because it's, it's a huge wall, right? Right. And it was just blank for the first several months. And then we got connected with him. And yeah. he's done a lot of murals all over the valley. And he's based right down in downtown Phoenix and okay. super creative, awesome, easy to work with. And then it just fills this space up and it says what we're about. Yeah. Um, my wife and mother-in-law built like the merch rack that's up there. Okay. The community wall that kind of showcases different people that we partner with. Like, yeah. And Dustin built the tables. He's not talking about oh, that. Yeah. The, the big community tables up top. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. So built those. And then there, there's a thing over there. I remember when I came, um, Eon was saying that. <laughs> <laughs> he was saying, he's like, that's real beer in there. In the vials? Yeah. Like, what is that? So uh, my wife and then the architect, Lane, um, who helped, they kind of did this top secret project without us knowing about it um, right when we were opening up. So I was so busy back here trying to crank out beer because the soft open, we opened with two beers on tap. And then okay. it takes a long time to get all those beers on. So I was trying to stagger it out. So basically every day I was adding another beer. Oh, gotcha. So I was brewing around the clock plus the constructions but she was sneaking in there and like she would fill these little vials of the first so inside of those vials is the first batch of every single one of those beers nice and then they built the shadow box on there there's the original uh floor plan layout and then our press release is on there the logo 
um, all kind of wood burned in there. A picture of Mike and I when we signed the lease on the place. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, they presented it to us, I think, the night, like a week after the opening. Yeah, it was a really, really cool surprise. And just, yeah, I mean, looking back, it's, it's funny seeing the picture because we, it was probably like three months in, we got a picture, like, again, and you could just see, like, we, we I think Dustin lost about 20 pounds. I lost about 10 pounds leading yeah. up to the open just because, I mean, nonstop working, I think. It right. was like protein bars and pumpkin seeds is pretty much they all stopped we... stopped shaving. Stopped yeah, shaving. we stopped shaving. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, clean, we're clean cut in that photo. Okay. It's yeah. like a year before. So it's just, yeah, seeing that, that difference at that time where it's just like... We were just pushing every second, just trying to get open and yeah, versus and completely drained and just like, oh, yeah. we made it. Right. <laughs> that's great because a lot of people have like their first dollar, and I think that's up there, right? There's you got the, the yeah, it's, a two, it's actually a two dollar bill. Okay, um, that they put in there kind of as a placeholder because everything again, we joke around. It, it was so frantic when we got open, you know, yeah. we were just pushing stuff out that we don't even know where the first dollar is. Yeah, so right. that's oh, just yeah. gonna. Be- <laughs> it, it was. I, rem- I remember it was a credit card. That uh, was the, that was the first transaction was a credit card and I was yeah, like, makes sense. And I'm like, all right, it, like, Frame the it, yeah, it was one of those things. I just I was like, all right, I guess that's not happening, and right. I just moved on. Yeah. So it's a two dollar bill in there. Yeah. But it's cool that it's more than that because most people have that first dollar, right? right? And that's it. Like the beer vials. Yeah, I think that, that was, was such idea. a cool yeah. idea. Yeah. You know, it was really, and then they're backlit. So they we went back to the office and it was complete. They had all the lights off except for that was lit up. Okay. And it was really cool. And nice. we did like a little toast in there, and yeah, they yeah. spent a lot of time sneaking around getting it done but to have that to have the fur the very first batch of each one of those forever in there like yeah. that's pretty cool you think one day you'll break them open and drink them <laughs> and you all want to there's uh, like an emergency thing so yeah. like if i'm like really stressed out yeah. I, I'm, like, there's not a drop anywhere i might be like all right i need this yeah, yeah. refill it yeah like like filling the whiskey or the vodka yeah, with water. water yeah oh man yeah, yeah. nobody will know right so okay you guys make beer we're, we're gonna get to that but as much as i love beer i love food uh-oh. So, Tamara, that's you. <laughs> you are up. So you are, you're kicking ass with this food. Thank you. Like, you won my wife. My wife, it's usually, I was telling Dustin that it's like, okay, hey, let's go to the brewery, have a couple beers. She's like, okay, cool, I'll drive, and then when we're done, let's go here and, and eat. And so when we came here, I'm like, we got to eat the food. She's like, ah, okay. Uh, she was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And you brought us her food out, too. Uh, okay. yeah. I don't remember no, you. I'm I know. Sorry. I know. I'm very memorable looking. Yeah, but uh, but no, Eon. Once again, he yeah. comes up. I wish he was here. Actually. I call him Yonald. 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 That's awesome. He very much hates that. <laughs> I'm gonna call him that from yeah, now. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's sticking. So he was our he was our server, and uh, like we ordered our food, and then you brought it out, um, and we didn't we didn't know you were you. Like we didn't know you were the chef, and he's like, you realize how special that was? Like why? He's like. That was the chef. Like, no way. And then we ate the food. I'm like, tell her to come back out. Tell her to come back. <laughs> kind of busy. So, um, so yeah, you are kicking ass with this food. I'm having fun. They gave me a lot of creative ability. I'm used to a lot more boundaries. So okay. um, I came into this knowing, like, how important it was what they were doing. And I guess craft beer, I really nerded out on it about 15 years ago. I really got into it hard and okay. realized how interesting it was when you'd eat it with food. Mm-hmm. Like it changed the entire experience and I kind of wanted to bring that to everybody here and let them experience that too. Like you don't have to eat a cheeseburger with your beer. Like you right. can eat food that is gonna change your experience completely. Yeah. And you should celebrate both rather than one or the other or just food to sustain you and keep you drinking. Like right. it, sh- it definitely should make you want to drink more. Right. But <laughs> right. at the same time, it, it you should remember the whole of your experience. So. Right, yeah. 
we were trying to embrace that and then also we were trying to bring more of like an Arizona culture to what we're doing here because we feel like that's lacking everywhere. Okay. Um, most people don't understand what Arizona cuisine is, mm-hmm. and that's really important to us to try to educate them, make it approachable, because most places where you can get it, it's just too expensive, too hard to get in, or whatever other uh. reason. So we're trying to make it something that's comfortable, where they can drink and kind of get introduced to it and yeah, change the culture around here a little bit. So... So what do you mean by that? So what is it? Because I'd read something you said that the, you try to get ingredients that have been sleeping for generations, I think was the quote, right? Well, some of them are. So we yeah. use a lot of indigenous ingredients. Um, my favorites come from Ramona Farms. Um, it's on the reservation. They grow beans. They grow different kinds of wheat. They grow corn. But some of them have disappeared for, like, I think the beans almost went extinct. Really? Until somebody started regrowing them. And... It's something that it's found here. They're very hearty. Um, they're absolutely delicious. We make a white bean puree. It tastes like cheddar. And then we pickle vegetables in it. And there's just so many flavors going on. And I feel like it really says something about the culture here and the desert. There's so many edible things in the desert that people don't know about. And it's yeah. underutilized. Certainly, you shouldn't go out in the desert and take everything. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's a 10% yeah. rule. You should take 10%, leave the rest of the environment to okay. animals. But yeah. it's something that people don't understand. You have things growing in your yard that you probably don't know is edible. And uh-huh. like, for instance, wolfberries are goji berries. It's a varietal of goji berries. You go spend $17 a pound or whatever it costs now, and most people have it growing in their yard. Really? Or somewhere yeah. in the desert. Interesting. Um, there's different things that... Even in the parking lots during spring, there's Palo Verde trees everywhere. Well, the flowers that grow on there, they're edible. Oh, and they make things beautiful. Yeah. I like to make tortillas out of them. So, really? I mean, yeah. Interesting. Usually I use a spent grain from the beer for the tortillas. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, everything else can be added. So there's a lot of stuff here you can't find anywhere else. And it's special just like, you know, you go to New Mexico, they have a cuisine. Mm-hmm. You go to California, you have a cuisine. You come to Arizona, like... You ask people what it is, and it's really hard to answer, and mm-hmm. we want to try to change that. And at the same time, we want to kind of up the beer and food scene. Like, yeah. it shouldn't be something that's seen as bar bar food. It's Pub food fried. Exactly. Yeah, the like, like, the new buzz is Mexican cuisine. It shouldn't be thought of as cheap. Like, it's the time and the quality that goes into it. People should be paying more for it. Well, the same thing goes to, like, drinking beer and eating food. Like, it's something that a lot of time and energy and love goes into like people should pay a little bit more respect yeah it's kind of like respect the ingredient um i know dustin respects every ingredient he uses we kind of do the same thing in the kitchen and people can feel it when they're eating the food like it's something that maybe that's why it gets so much attention i don't know right yeah Yeah, it's like an unknown you can't really quantify what it is but you know it. there's this something to it right yeah and then kind of speaking to using like all these edible ingredients we did um, a spring equinox beer dinner. Yeah, I read so, about that. That was, was yeah. like a foraged kind yeah. of. Yeah, foraged yeah. from the desert. Eight courses they put together. It was incredible. So it was we had incredible. I had some ladies that helped me out. They're the Sustainable Sisterhood, or something like <laughs> <Okay>. that. <laughs> but basically, they're trying to start a program where they pay people to let them forage from the plants they have growing in their yards. Oh, really? And then putting it on the market, because one of the reasons why it's hard for a lot of chefs to use the ingredients is because it's not available. You can't just get it from your purveyor. You have to take Uh, the time to go out and get it. It's hard to get in a high quality or high quantities. 
which is easy for us since we do limited special so we can use it but restaurants that have to keep something on for months it just doesn't make sense for them to use something that is going to go out of like they won't yeah. be able to get supply for so okay they're trying to change that and educate people and it's really cool they actually brought a lot of things to my attention i didn't know about so yeah. i'm learning as i'm using and it's a pretty cool thing. Nice. And you guys have been recognized for a lot of things, too. Like, I saw, like, um, I don't know exactly what Devour is, but I know it's a big deal. It's the most prestigious food. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I knew. I knew Arizona. it was. I knew it was big time. And you you killed it there, right? Um, it was very unexpected. Our, <laughs> okay. We went to Devour um, mostly to build up customer base. Like, yeah. we felt like we are kind of hidden people don't know about us, so we okay. wanted to spread awareness, so that's what we did. Yeah. Um, I did a smoked bison taquito. They brought the beer. I think we were the only place that had beer pairing, with the food. Yeah. Nice, okay. And I, I think why the food got so much attention is because it was the quality, I mean, it was everything I made. I made the tortilla, the grain, the corn came from Ramona Farms, and it's flavorful. It tastes like peanut butter and pop, popcorn, like it's oh, amazing man. flavors, that, and then the smoked bison, and then, we used three sisters blend, which is corn, squash, and beans on the inside, and epizote cream, and it was just the marriage of that, and then we paired it with the beer, and just people who haven't experienced that kind of pairing, I think were a little wowed. Yeah. That they didn't realize that you can make flavors like change like that, and so the judges especially, I think they enjoyed that. Maybe something we were bribing them unique. with the beer, I don't know. <laughs> but um, it was really surprising, I didn't expect that, but it goes to show that, you know, people don't know what they want. They want you to tell them what they want. And uh, they want things that taste like home, even though they have no idea what that tastes like. Right. <laughs> right. So. right. Well, it's funny that, I mean, at taquito, we have taquitos on the children's menu, too. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this funny thing. Like when you have good quality ingredients and the time and passion and energy put into it and paired with a beer, too, it was kind of mind-blowing to all these people. They kept coming back, and they're like, this is hands down the best dish ever. And we even had a couple people that were like, I, like I'm, it, it feels weird to say that a taquito is my favorite thing at Devour, right. but like people were calling it before the winner was announced. And yeah. it definitely was not the prettiest dish there. It yeah. was not. But, I mean, <laughs> that's not what we were going for, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, and it was... We were trying to show people our identity, and I feel like we did that, and people enjoyed that and they were they were there to see what the southwest tastes like and right southwest is such a broad term like usually yeah. you don't think of arizona when you think of the southwest yeah. um but we were trying to show people what that is and i think we did exactly that yeah yeah so. saturday was the biggest day and she won best of the day for saturday yeah. best taste best taste excellent best taste. taste and then i was in the dish pit washing dishes on sunday when i got a phone call yeah. and i had a few minutes to get back down there i had uh, no idea why right. <laughs> i'm like mike you need to drive me yeah, yeah she runs into the office and we, grabs me and she's like they just called me and told me i need to come down there so i mean the logical assumption is that we won overall yeah and we didn't even uh i didn't because I drive a manual vehicle, we weren't even able to text Dustin to let him know because he yeah. wasn't he wasn't in there at the time, and so he sends me a message. He's like, "Oh my gosh, like we won!" And I was like, "Yeah, no kidding. Here's the pictures." He's like, "Why didn't you message me?" I was like, "I had no. like we walked in and they were like, okay, we're like gonna do the presentation and like the next were they two waiting? Minutes. Were they waiting for you guys to get there? Um, or was it just I think that it just timing? about timed out perfectly. Okay. We had time okay. to go enjoy a few beers beforehand. Kind of mellow out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A few samples. It wasn't like we were putting down three pints. I, it, I won't judge you. I think, I think <laughs> it was probably like three gave pints. me a yeah. case of beer. That's I was actually like, here's my award. 
Yeah, Odell did give us a case of it. That's right. <laughs> we were watching the, or my wife and I were watching it, streaming it live because we're like, oh, I wonder like who won. I feel like we had a really good showing on Saturday. Yeah. And the best in taste is like the top award for the day each day. Yeah. So I was like, it's got to be close. And it, so many people were streaming it that it kept refreshing. Yeah. And they were doing like a summary of stuff, and then it froze. And I was like damn it right. and it froze and then when it came back it was they're talking about helio they said helio basin i was like are they just saying like the winners still from uh, yesterday like listening and i see tammy i'm like she's wearing different clothes what the hell yeah. and then i was like oh oh shit this is like we won we won best overall for that, the whole like, weekend you won it the like, top, you won it. yeah like, it was this yeah. distinction award for the, yeah. <laughs> right, overall so that was, was pretty cool yeah it was crazy first brewery to ever win at devour really yeah wow so yeah, yeah. we're trying to change that whole perception that you have to have bar food with beer right one of the cool things we're doing now too um he just brewed a blue lined blonde oh yeah he did it it's a charity beer yep so he changed he brewed it with the police force for them to drink while they're on patrol <laughs> yeah it helps it it's, uh, makes it more efficient i think yeah, yeah. but it's Hydrates. really cool he used blue agave in it and um i went and forged a bunch of mulberries and oh, then nice. drowned them in tequila and then we make shandies out of it ah. so it's really cool it's another little yeah thing we're doing between the kitchen and brewery and yeah it's yeah, fun. it's a great like flavor because the mulberries are so sweet and the tequila kind of balances that out so you just really get this bright berry it flavor takes all the harshness away but man. yeah and then we do like an ounce and a half and then top it up with the blue line and it's just this really nice refreshing summer beer and when she says forage she means she scrambled over a wall in the neighborhood right. and climbed the tree and <laughs> right. shook it a bunch yeah. right i didn't shake the tree <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the wind yeah. blew but and i she totally got stained it. up yeah. my car <laughs> yeah. so and you guys have got i read what travel and leisure named you guys like the number 13 local brewer in the u.s um yeah. What was the other one? Oh, um, Beer Advocate, yep. right? One of the best. Yeah, so you guys are killing it all the way around. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was top yeah. top 34 new breweries in the country, and there was almost 900 last year. Okay. So that was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. We definitely taken back. They just said, hey, send us some pictures. Or no, they said they were going to send down a photographer and videographer to do something. They didn't really tell us what it was for. Right. We're like, okay. So we did it, and then, like, we got the email, like, here, here's the issue. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, that's awesome. Right. So, because right. there's a lot of good breweries that opened up last year. And yeah. So it was definitely an honor to be included in that. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And, yeah. and uh, so, Tamara, too, you, um, you do MMA? Is that right? <laughs> well, I've had a kind of pause for the past year because we've it's been so chaotic in here. Okay. But right. yeah, I have. About 10 years, Muay Thai, boxing, jiu-jitsu. Nice. So, so you kick these guys' asses, like, no doubt. I <laughs> mean, I, I we try get out to line, do it in yeah. a friendly right. way, but, <laughs> right. but yeah, right. I've, I've fought amateur Muay Thai and boxing. Oh, I've nice. fought a few matches, jiu-jitsu, and um, I don't know, it's something that's, I definitely can't wait to get back in jiu-jitsu. They actually sponsored a black belt. Yeah. And... They're talking about maybe doing a brujitsu event Bru in the yeah, right in over the there, future, maybe, yeah. which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, because it's I mean, most people don't know, but jujitsu guys really love beer. Really, <laughs> really love okay. craft beer. Okay, yeah. nice. so I mean, it's one of those things. There's so many antioxidants in it, and it's kind of a muscle relaxer. It's really good to drink after training, and I always have. The only time I stop drinking beer is when I have to cut weight. Okay, so <laughs> it's one of those things that, um, yeah. People love it, and it would be cool to do. Um, I don't know. I've been training for a long time. I enjoy that organized violence. Yeah, right? So. Yeah. 
Well, there's something about, like, I, I've been an MMA fan for, for a long time. My mom used to rent, like, the early, early ones, like Hoist Gracie and, and oh, those nice. guys. Yeah. So That's uh, what my friends think Helio stands for, the Gracies. Oh, yeah, that's right. Is it yeah. spelled that same way? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I didn't know that it was spelled that way either, right, actually. Yeah. I just always like, knew the name. I was like, oh, is it? Is yeah. It? <laughs> but MMA fighters are the most chill people too. They like really are. Just, but I mean, it's you get it all out. There's no reason yeah. to stress about anything in life when you're in there. You're humbled every day. Like people beat you down. Yeah. To a point where you want to cry, but you're not gonna. <laughs> right. I mean, and you probably puke a few times, and oh, yes. it's like it's it's very difficult to do. So you get through that, and then the normal stresses you deal with really don't seem that bad. Yeah. Other people might be freaking out and don't know why you're not freaking out and yelling about stuff, but that has a lot to do with it. Just, yeah. You learn how to tame that a lot. You've been through a lot worse. Yeah. So. I did boxing for like three years. Um, I didn't really fight. I did some sparring and stuff. So um, So we can put on some gloves right now, right? I, I, we, yeah, have, yeah, we actually yeah. do have gloves on the loading dock. Most of my training dog. partners are about your size. Yeah. <laughs> really? Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, give me a few weeks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I did boxing, and I got in like really good shape. Like I'm, I'm a big guy. I'm like 280 right now. Um, at that point, I was I got down about 250. Um so I told my trainer, there was a guy that I would spar with who did uh, jujitsu. I'm like, dude, I would love to learn jujitsu. So we rolled for like I, five minutes, not even five minutes, and I projectile vomited. Like I was. It, it doesn't <laughs> it was, matter. It doesn't matter yeah. how much like training you have on your feet once you get down to the ground. Like they will make you look like a little child. Yeah. They really so will. And different. like a small little girl will make you look like a little child. Right. Yeah. And you won't yeah. be able to do anything about it. It's yeah. a mind game. That's one of the things why I love jujitsu so much is, I mean, I've kind of stepped out of Muay Thai and boxing a little bit just because I don't, I've had a lot of concussions and okay. I like to not have a lot more. Right. I still love it. I still want to train it. But jujitsu is one of those things that you can train till you're really old. It's it's all about your brain. Like it's yeah. your brain over brawn, and yeah. um, it's just so interesting. And there's so much you can learn, and there's so many things that haven't even people don't even know about yet mm -hmm. that they're discovering you can do in it. It's pretty cool. Same nice. with the beer scene. Like there's yeah. such so much you can do still with that. I think that's one of the reasons why I love it so much too. It's it's interesting. It's complex. Um, yeah can't stand boring things that are repetitive so <laughs> <laughs> yeah well everything here is oh, it's freestyle right uh, jujitsu is like kind of thinking on your feet well not on your feet but you know yeah you have to like, think several steps ahead yeah and then for everybody's reaction you still have to think se several steps ahead of that too so it's yeah. a constant like struggle of thinking what's going to happen what are you going to do next what are you going to try next depending on so many complex variables yeah so. Nice, and that's kind of the concept of the food and beer here too, yeah, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Right. We run into lots of um, roadblocks, and we figure out how to adjust to that and submit yeah. them. You know, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like the mulberries she brought up earlier. Um, I mean, she just collected them to collect them. Okay. Like we had no idea what we were going to do with it. Oh, and gotcha. I feel like a lot of the times, um, from an outsider looking in, in the sense of the kitchen, and from the brewing standpoint, I just see them just kind of talking things out like they have a broad stroke idea or they have ingredients or whatever and then it's like how am I actually going to be able to utilize this and then how am I going to pair this with the beer how am I going to pair this with the food it's a constant yeah. 
back and forth and it's really cool to see like how that actually just goes on the fly and actually that ties directly into the Scottsdale Culinary Festival that we won. Oh, uh, yeah. And by we I mean Tammy. <laughs> okay. The Scottsdale Culinary Festival Tammy won. This is not yeah. Devour, this is something different. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gotcha. So Scottsdale Culinary Festival is in I think it's April somewhere early April okay. and I I believe it's probably the second biggest culinary festival in the state yeah. of Arizona. Oh, wow. um, again, thousands and thousands of people, uh, 75 or 80 vendors. They do a competition. And we were set to do a different event. Um, so we had a bunch of uh, produce and uh, different things, seafood. seafood and stuff like that, that we needed to basically we were stuck with because it's not on a normal menu and we oh. had to get we had to utilize it so the we other event got canceled because of weather last minute yeah oh. yeah so, so it was just you know it was nobody's fault it's just you know we're we're stuck with this we got to figure out how to utilize it so this was two days before culinary festival and we weren't planning to do food at all because okay. we had this event and we asked hey can we reutilize this food in some way shape or form at least just to like cover the cost of the food yeah and I knew there was a competition I didn't tell her because I didn't want her to get any sort of extra <laughs> stress about yeah. it yeah. because it was like look like it, we have 48 hours like we just right. need to get something together and just get the money back we were yeah. kind of already asked to be in the beer garden because there's two there's the main section and there was the beer garden which was yeah. separate okay and then they allowed us we like, hey, can we do food in there too? Because they had at one point asked us to do that. And so we're like... We're the only ones that got to have food in the beer garden. I yep. know there were some people not very happy about that too. Uh, but... Well, then we're going to mess with you guys though. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, it was kind of funny. Or not funny, but it almost was a seemingly disadvantage because we were, again, the only food in the beer garden. So, uh, you know, 85% of the people were actually in the main section. Okay, yeah. So it was kind of like we were isolated food-wise to this yeah, beer garden. Yeah, we didn't get that much business back there. So. Really? Cause, yeah, because yeah. you had to pay yeah. like an extra fee to get oh, into the gotcha. beer garden. Okay. It was almost like a separate area. There's a lot of people that weren't going in there. So, uh. But anyway, um, so I last minute I made a, a Brazilian moqueca, which is a Brazilian fish stew. And it's, it's very citrusy and coconutty, and it has all kinds of seafood in it. And so good. Peruvian potatoes and different vegetables and peppers. And it's just really light and refreshing. When you write Brazilian stew, people are like, I don't want to eat stew when it's hot. Right. But they don't realize. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's just something that paired so perfectly with the IPA mm-hmm. that, um, I don't know, I think, again, we maybe we bribe the judges with beer by making them drink beer with the food right. but <laughs> right. but it's something that it just it brings out the flavors in a way that you wouldn't taste if you were just eating like say you're famished and you're trying to eat food yeah it tastes good but you don't understand it's it's like hate to bring up a kids movie but it's like ratatouille where the rat eats the cheese yeah. and all of a sudden fireworks go off like that happens it really does when you taste things the way they're meant to be tasted it it's something that you can't do anything but stop and realize like okay. how how special it is. So I mean that happened. There's a lot of people that came back for seconds or thirds. Um, it was 95 degrees. It was and really stew, hot. And, and, and hot stew <laughs> one it was really hot, best overall. Yeah. That's amazing. But yeah. I mean again we weren't trying to win anything. We just it was basically okay. Let's not waste this product and maybe at the same time we can reach out to some people and let them know where we're at and that we right. do this. Yeah. So that was the whole idea and then it. Yeah, when they came and told us, I had really nothing to say about it. I was so so surprised. I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, It's really cool. Um, It's a little different from our Arizona style, but, I mean, I know a lot of Brazilians, so I 
love their food. Oh, yeah. It was so good. Nice. I wish I had some. It, but it's one of those things, I think maybe people get sick of eating the same things you can find around the city anywhere. Like, they want mm -hmm. something different. You're at a culinary festival, so let's do something special that people aren't used to. Let's right, step yeah. it up a little bit. I mean, if anything, maybe it'll show everybody they need to maybe go back to their drawing boards and make something more unique that says something about Arizona. Like yeah. some something signature that you have and just step it up a little bit and yeah. bring some beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're setting the bar high, so <laughs> bring some beer with it every right. be happy. Every 100% of the time. Yes. Perfect segue. Thank you for that. I knew we were <laughs> So the beer. So like we've been I've been tasting all these beers. Um Every one of them are good. I, I like every single beer. Um, you guys don't have any sours, I noticed, though. We don't. I'm okay no. with that. Yeah. Just want to clarify. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So you're the beer guy, Dustin, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. So what's your... So you you have a science background, right? Yeah. Like a pharmaceutical science. Yep. Right? So does that play into the way you approach? It does, for yeah. sure. And, yeah. like, I, I have, like, OCD personality, too, so I like yeah. everything... Like it, it probably drives other people crazy. It does. Yeah, <laughs> but I just can't help it. That's why everything's so clean. Everything is like organized. Super clean. Like, yeah. But for me, it was you know leaving that science background to go into beer. Beer is a lot of science as well. You know, it's microbiology, it's biochemistry, but it's, it's right, it's happening right there. Yeah. And you get to drink it. Yeah. Um. So it's a win-win, really. So right. it was a good way to not only transition, you know, that aspect, which I really do love. Yeah. And then also there's this complete artistic element to it. That's how do you work with these raw materials? And you just have this like creative, you know, freedom to really play around sensorially with different ingredients too. Yeah. And I love that aspect. So I get to combine both at the same time and so you know when I, I went to Siebel um, it was like um, 11 years ago 10 a long time ago yeah and um, was able to get that classically trained background to really strengthen it because mm -hmm. again having that science background immediately I wanted to kind of approach it the, the best way that I thought possible and to me that was it okay and then I was able to kind of transition into a small brew pub and then Four Peaks at the time was like the this small the mid-range set brew pub and production and then uh, at Southern Tier, it was 100% production. Okay. So I've gotten to experience all three levels and uh, then got to basically pick which one I liked the most, which is the brew pub. And then the memory card went out. <laughs> I know, total amateur move. Come on, dude. Like, honestly, memory card, that's like pretty basic stuff. Anyways, had a camera with me, switched them out. We continued on where we thought we left off, but there's a little bit of a chunk missing, so we kind of take off with uh, Dustin telling us about their beers. Started off with their um, coffee stout that is made from my favorite kind of coffee, Jurga Chef. So let's continue. Yeah, that Koei, again, was just kind of a, a fun way to mess with people, you know, the traditional coffee stouts being either super aromatic and yeah. not really a bunch of the coffee flavor or just a bunch of coffee flavor and not the aroma. Okay. And so taking that Yurgashev bright bean that's very citrusy and lemony, that's how I kind of describe it, Right. is bright and lemony. And to put it in a big 10% beer, and then there's some techniques I used on the hot side during the brewing process that make the body of the beer a little bit lighter too. Okay. So that, and that's actually where we added the coffee beans. So we extracted the caffeine out, so there is caffeine in there. It also retains some of the aroma, but you get more on the finish. You get that all of a sudden bright, lemony, you know, finish to this big 10% yeah. beer, and it just doesn't make it taste like 10%. And right. it's just making a little bit of a different play on a, on a big style beer. Yeah. And then the same kind of thing with the, the throwback triple-double. 
which is Tammy is drinking here, right? Yeah. You right. go by My Tammy? Favorite, yes. I called you Tamara, but they called you Tammy. Tamara yeah. is correct too. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, some people, some people say yeah. Tamara or some other things, and I sometimes don't respond because I don't understand what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> like yes. tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow. Like today, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so fancy. So you're a fan of the, uh, the throwback? I'm a big-time fan of it, mostly because um, I don't know if you recorded this before, but we called Dustin the sleeper. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that until recently. Like it's as strong as it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's a very known thing. We tell everybody that. <laughs> yeah, I heard. mean, you can if you're my size. You can drink about three glasses of that and be drunk. So, oh, yeah. the, and not the throwback. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It sneaks up. It yeah, sneaks up nine nine percent. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't drink like it. But yeah, I like to make beers that are really nice and balanced and clean. And when you can do that, you don't always get that alcohol perception. So, yeah. and there's definitely some techniques I use in that one too to to brighten it up. And uh, just make it smooth and, and clean and easy to drink. Yeah. But then, you know, the throwback triple double being, you know, three hops that are old school and a double IPA. And again, as a reference to, you know, Dumb and Dumber, you can't triple stamp a double yeah. stamp. <laughs> and, I uh, contributed to Ice Cube. That is true. <laughs> that actually is true. To what? Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Oh, Today was a good day. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That was a good, yeah. That's a classic. <laughs> Hell yeah. 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 And um, <laughs> yeah, for like this, so that beer, you know, everyone's so focused on these new hop varietals that are coming out, and it almost seems like more, more is more is more, and everyone's yeah. jamming more hops in there. And again, that's like to me, that's really inefficient and kind of like a reference to you know how you treat the food with like respect. It's not being respectful to what the plant is capable of mm -hmm. because there are so many subtle nuances there, and like just because you're throwing more and it doesn't make it better, you're almost taking away from how delicate some of the characters are. Okay, and that yeah. kind of drives me nuts. Right, <laughs> and so that was like the impetus to this one. It's like everyone's going this direction. We're gonna just say, have fun on that way. Like we're going this way. Yeah, and. 9% big IPA that's filtered and here's three hops that have been around since 1978 and 1982 these, you know these three old school classics that Kraft was kind of built on okay and showcase what these three hops are really capable of and to me like it's a nice you know I say like lemongrass like it's, it's very floral okay right for a big 9% IPA that's just how I describe it yeah um but yeah, and it, I was always kind of nervous, you know, when we were about to release it, how people were going to respond to that hardcore different directionality. Yeah. But it's been really cool to see people come in and they're like, oh, yeah, like I love we put what the three hops are, the big three, you know, and people are like, yes, it's so, you know, I love these hops. It's nice to have this. This is a nice change of pace. So, yeah, it was definitely refreshing to you know, have that validation, I guess, of going somewhere different. So we're yeah. always trying to just just go somewhere different with everything you know because so many trends are going one way and it's just nice to be able to take a break in that action you know yeah you know we're doing a, the session ipa is the next one that's going to come out okay uh june 8th and that one's 4.9 percent and we did use some new world hops um and okay. now we used vic secret and azaka and that one so those yeah. are more of the juicy varietals yeah um, but again it's we use about half the amount that most of the other brewers you know in the country are using for these big beers but we still are are trying to retain that nice punch in aromatics yeah um because to me it's more technically complicated to try to get more aroma and more of these delicate flavors and aromas by using less right you know yeah and it's more of a sense. challenge you know it's more yeah. exciting as opposed to just i'm gonna dump 10 pounds per barrel and you know you're definitely gonna notice it uh -huh. versus how can i do two 
and get a very similar kind of flavor profile. Yeah. You know, that's interesting you say that because um, I've, I've always been, well, not always, but since I started drinking craft beer out here in Arizona, like I've loved IPAs. Yeah. But over the last probably year, I've kind of gone off IPAs. I've had a lot of not good ones. Yeah. Um, I and I the same way. Yeah, right? Like I've had, like whether it's in bottles or even at, at some breweries, um, and there was a brewer that I talked to, and he said there's, so, there's such a demand for it that people are trying to put them out like high production. Oh, right? yeah. And then quality is kind of falling by the side. Absolutely. So I had your IPA. I'm like, yes, okay, that's what I remember. That's what I like, you know? So It's funny because that's, that's an old, you're welcome, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's an old, I call, we call it an old school East Coast IPA. Okay. You know, it's balanced. It's six and a half percent. Most IPAs now, again, kind of are still tailing off of that whatever ABV race that happened a number of years ago. So they're usually over 7% sometimes. Um, this one's six and a half on purpose. So you can have a couple of them and feel comfortable. Right. And again, it uses more old school hops. So okay. it's more of, instead of this like juicy fruit character, it yeah. actually is more of a pine and grapefruit. Uh-huh. Um, and it just balanced. So like try to make it as balanced as possible as opposed to being, you know, West coast tends to be a little bit more hop forward. Right. Um, and English IPAs are a little bit more malty. Okay. This one is purposely designed to be this nice balance. So you get this nice pine, uh, grapefruit, and then you get like a nice hint of caramel and it just balances itself out. Yeah. Um, yeah, all those, all those styles are just kind of designed to be subtle and balanced. The core, the core brands. Yeah. I wish I would have saved it to drink it as you were describing. We have it. more yeah. somewhere, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We may have a glass. <laughs> have. Somewhere. So no, I think that's awesome though because um, just like I, I don't know, I'm not a huge fan of the northeastern like the juice bombs as yeah, they call it I'm not and either. sours. Like yeah. so, I'm more old school like you. Of like, let's go with what was great, what was traditional. Yeah, you know, that's cool that people are trying new stuff, but. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old. You know? Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm almost forty, so like I'm like an old man now. Yeah, right? Right. <laughs> old man attitude. Like, no, I like American IPA. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. It's just yeah. the, you know, you kind of you know what you like, and right. you know, you can appease to a good, solid crowd, and. Yeah. You know, you, again, there's our, there are subtleties in there. So our amber, we call it a hoppy amber, um, basically just to differentiate it because Four Peaks did a great job with basically, you know, building what people's perception of an amber is in Arizona with uh, Kilt Lifter. Okay. But it's yeah. a Scottish style amber, right. so it's pretty malty. Yeah. And so we, you know, obviously with respect to them, didn't want to go that direction. So we wanted to do an amber that's a little different. It, it's not overly hoppy by any means, but no. we put that on there just to kind of differentiate it. So, hey, yeah, yeah. this is an amber, but it's not Scottish. It's not malty. Right. Um, and it's got these hints of grapefruit and toffee and stuff like that but it's again very balanced it's more you know i guess an american hoppy amber yeah but that one going that yeah that one going that different direction is you know complex there's a lot going on but it's all kind of subtle and it was interesting to see you know that one before we got the license for wine people that didn't drink beer that were here with their friends would either get the blackberry wheat which is a really nice subtle uh fruit beer right or they would get that one because it was more complex. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting to see. And then we just, that one is starting to, to trend upward, but it takes a little while for people to recognize that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like ambers. Like one of my favorite beers of all time is uh, Lost Coast uh, oh, yeah. Alley Cat Amber. Yeah. I love that beer. So yeah. so this this is a great amber. And there's not a lot of places that make ambers. Like it's, not. Not a, it's not a, um, a one that... A lot of people make. Is that what it, I just yeah, said? yeah, it's really not. I mean, it's kind of one of those styles. It used to be, you know, late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah. You saw a lot of ambers out there, and then, you know, it just it, they started to trail off, and everyone yeah. kind of went more towards the IPA route. Right. And pale ales were the same way. So, like the the idea to put a pale ale on our core lineup yeah. was this gamble that 
things are going to shift back. So initially, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it was pale ales were the quintessential styles here. And Nevada really put their stamp on that. Right. And then it shifted to IPAs. And then, you know, again, that search for what's new and the next big thing, it went to session IPAs. Yeah. Just purely because people needed something new to market, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that was a trend for the last couple of years. And, you know, people are kind of over that now, too. And we were kind of like, all right, pale ales are going to come back. Because, again, people generally are going to be like okay i'm over this trend but what's always going to be like a a go-to or a fallback right like pale, a solid yeah. anchor yep. yeah pale ales are usually a good indication of quality like mm-hmm. they're not overly hoppy they should be balanced low abv can't really hide any off flavors in there you know so that pale ale is starting to really trend upward too yeah. It's probably my favorite thing to pair with food too it's pale ale. Ale. It's okay, so absolutely. bright the flavors are right there in the forefront okay. and it pairs really well with citrus. I like citrus and heat a lot. Okay. I use oh, yeah. almost everything, and it yeah. pairs so well. So it's definitely one of my favorites. Nice. Well, I'm eating lunch here after we're done here. So do we guys, still have I'm, the I'm going to leave it up to you guys. Yeah, to we still have the ceviche. Yeah, ceviche. They yeah. do ceviche. Oh, my. Everyone There's not many things that I don't eat. and it's amazing. So you okay. definitely need to try I'll let you guys pick what I drink and eat <laughs> after this. Yeah. It's good, yeah. As long as there's no horseradish. Like, people are like, what don't you like? I'm like, horseradish. Huh. That's it. Right. That's, that's not bad. That's, that's my one. That's pretty good one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So, okay. So wh- where where do you see this? Do you guys have a, a vision of, of where you want this to go? Uh, we've always just wanted, we want to be this staple member of the community. It's something that we've yeah. always talked about. It's a passion. It's not just, you know, we're not just a brewery, like a bar, restaurant. We're a, a member of the community. Okay. And that's why we do a lot of charity events here. You guys do a lot of events. Yeah. Yeah, that's and awesome. We, we just want to, like, we want to be the spot that people come. It's purposely why there's not a lot of TVs here. We're not a sports bar. We're big on the community table aspect. Yeah. Um, we just want to be a spot where we feel like beer and food bring people together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool to see, you know, especially the area we're in, you know, on the edge of Arcadia. And you get all these different people. You get people coming from, like, the Home Depot over there right. on the same plaza that are just getting off of work. And you have some people coming from Scottsdale. And you have some people coming from downtown. And you get this huge demographic mix and it's cool that this is what's bringing them together is really good food and really yeah. good beer. And it's like, this is a common area, right? Like yeah. there is no, you know, nobody's looking down on anybody. Nobody's, there's just, everyone's just having a good time. And that's kind of to us, like always what we wanted. It was like just a, a good space to, to build a community feel. Yeah. And then, you know, we've started distribution to a few accounts out, but we're not by any means trying to get in any and every account like we're very close with the accounts that we do partner with yeah you know we're trying to build our core close to home yeah nice that's pretty awesome too because it's not a vision of okay we want to distribute to this this we want to want to can which there's nothing wrong with that right but for you guys your your thing is expanding this community yeah like you said arcadia is kind of starting to filter down to here so you guys are a key part to this area yeah like that anchor to Nice. Yeah. That's and we awesome. try to work, you know, again, really closely with Helton and Renhouse too, because they're so yeah. close and just, you know, it's all about community and partnership. And if people yeah. can come here and feel like they're a part of that and maybe meet somebody new, you know, you never know who you're going to sit next to at these tables. Right. You know, and, you and again, who's going to bring your food out to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tammy. Don't camera. expect it a second. <laughs> <laughs> at least today. One last time. I saw yeah. her food out yesterday. I don't know. Yeah. She's <laughs> And, no. and, and, you know, on the food side, like kind of identifying what is, what is Arizona food? Right. You know, that's, yeah. especially in a brewery. It's like a, again, that's kind of like messes with people's minds. Just like how we like to have fun with the beer like that. People come in here and they're like, 
What the hell? This and the, the best part is we have an ice cream flight that pairs with the beer flight. Oh, wow. So yeah. if you really want to go on a little adventure, that's what we suggest. Um, oh, yeah. House-made ice creams. Nice. Some of them use indigenous ingredients. We have this mesquite syrup and cherry ice cream. Wow. And it pairs with one of the beers. We have a pinot with a bourbon. Oh, wow. And a few different things that are pretty interesting and fun. You had so. no bourbon, yeah. <laughs> I mean, ice cream and beer. <laughs> right. You can't go it wrong. Should, it should, that should be an American staple. It should, yeah. It should. Does anybody have a, a beer-flavored ice cream yet? There's they, a few people that do, I yeah. I mean, beer, ice cream. Some people do beer floats. That's, okay. a, that's yeah. a thing that happens a lot, and they're amazing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those. So, yeah, yeah. beer and ice cream. That's nice. the future. That is the future, <laughs> yes. All right, guys, awesome. Thank you for, so much for this. This is great. Yeah. People Thank can you. find you. Um, what's your website? Like Instagram, you guys are active on. So yeah, heliobasinbrewing.com is the okay. website. Uh, we're very active on social media, so we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah. So it's at heliobasinbeer okay. for Instagram and Twitter, and heliobasinbrewing for uh, Facebook. And I'm on Tamara Stingeret on Instagram. Yep. You sure? <laughs> you seem kind of. Like, I think, that's I think about it. I don't think about it. I don't think about it. No, her Instagram. I don't is follow awesome, myself. Yeah, so you get a lot of behind-the-scenes shots in the yeah, kitchen and some fun nice. there. And then we actually, you know, we just hired a, a sales uh, guy and community ambassador, and so he has Helio Basin Ambassador as his Instagram. And oh, he okay. kind of showcases the different accounts that we're at. Yeah. Uh, and, and all this fun stuff that we do with those those different accounts. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, best way is social media for sure. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Guys, thanks. Thank That's you so awesome. much. Absolutely. Definitely Thank appreciate you. it. Awesome having you. Yeah. You're Cheers. Welcome. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode. These guys are great. Make sure you get in there, um, try out that food, drink their beer. Uh, just a great place. Awesome people, too. Um, the whole Arizona craft brewery scene, the, the people in this community have been just amazing. And uh, these guys are no different. Go down there, support them. They're part of the Bermuda Triangle. Um, so while you're down there, hit up Helton, hit up Renhouse, and um, just make a good time out of it. Um, in the meantime, I'm, next episode is going to be coming up. Um, it's a little bit different. Um, it's going to be a distillery, uh, AZ Distillery. They make some um, some awesome whiskey, some awesome vodka, gin. They make all kinds of stuff. So um, stay tuned. Um, in the meantime, if you guys are enjoying the show, as usual, do me a huge favor. Rating and review on iTunes is greatly appreciated. Um, I appreciate any support you guys are, are giving me. This show's growing. Um, I'm really getting some some good fan feedback. Um, so let me know. Let me know what you think. If you think I should change something, let me know. Um, if I don't want to, I won't. <laughs> but I'm always open for uh, suggestions. So um, up next, we got the Arizona's Distillery. And um, so stay tuned. Always remember, stay awesome. <laughs>